So when's the last time you ate lamb, John? Lamb? Yeah. Um, well, it was the last time I was at a Greek restaurant, I suspect. But mm. not exactly sure when that was. Now, th- that's a real chicken and an egg problem there, right? Is like, uh, why is lamb so popular in Greece? Is it because the terrain and the sort of like environment of Greece makes it so you can only have lamb and therefore they eat lamb? Or are the Greece, are the Greeks people... The Greeks people. I'm, I'm doing really well. Or do the Greeks know something special, which is lamb is delicious, right? Like, it doesn't seem like lamb is like a major meat in, in, in the rest of the world. Well, in the rest of the Western world, I should say. But, you know, sure, in Greece, big deal. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, they, they've got something going on down there. I've never been to Greece. Yeah, but there's never any DevOps days in Greece. Is there? No, no cloud. Well, I guess there's some cloud. DevOps Devop stays Athens. Yeah. Oh, there you go, baby. Yeah. Or that little island that they filmed that Mamma Mia on. Do you think we could go there? Of course, you'd have to yeah. sing everything. Right? Yeah. If that Pierce Bronson guy's singing, I'm not going. You're not in. You're not into that. You don't like the James Bond singing. Did you see that guy? He's basically his career has just gone down the freaking. Here's the guy who was James Bond. Mm-hmm. Does an awful. And I haven't seen Mamma Mia, but I've seen clips. Just a horrendous job of him singing, and then he was in that um, that that movie, um, the Percy whatever, where he played a centaur or whatever. Oh <laughs> He's yeah, head on a horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how low? I mean, there should be a law. Well, now, 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 let's slow down here. Universal if, law if, that if you play James Bond, you cannot. Okay. Well, okay. That that is that is a good uh, business rule, if you will. But on the other hand, if someone came to me and said, Cote. I'm not going to tell you much else than this, but I want you to be in a movie where you're going to be a centaur. I would say, yes, call my agent. But, but, <laughs> but that, like, had you been a James Bond? Yes, yes. There, 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 there's a thought about it. Like, just come on, just out of respect to, <laughs> uh, you know, to, to the universal um, meta of physics. So I don't know whatever happens when things like that break down so so badly, but. You know, and, and, and speaking of, of Percy and the Lightning Lords or whatever, <clears throat> so, you know, my, my son is five years old nowadays. He's aged quite a bit since last we, uh, we had our podcast. Yeah. Here. And uh, so he watches, uh, you know, the required amount of television to be a citizen of the world, which is to say a lot. And um, they had this version of the Boxcar Kids in Netflix, and we watched that. And man, stories for kids used to be a lot different. Right, like I mean, it's a modern version. Of, well, modern, it's it's it was made relatively new, uh, relatively recently. So, but the story is like an old story. It's like a depression era story of like all these orphan kids running around and living in a box car. Kids' stories have changed a lot, John. And you've got you've got some kids now. Now, have you noticed that even over the course of of uh, of you being cognizant of the world of children? And then having children on your own that age, like has the the nature of stories there changed a lot? Like how 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 have things evolved? Yeah, you know, it's hard for me because um, I had my kids later in life, right? I had my, my first son at 40, so I basically was completely out of the loop of kids' stories for 30 years. All right. You're, you're, so, you're, like, you're like that, uh, that Horace Deju guy I was listening to his most recent Critical Path podcast, and he's like, I stopped watching TV when Seinfeld was canceled. So I've, yeah. I've never seen Big Sister or, or, or uh, Game, of, Game of Cards. Game cards. He was just making a word salad. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and it's hard to tell if he was being serious or not. He probably was. He's 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 a bit uh, 
in, in an affectionate way, humorless. I mean, my kids, my kids' stories are like the little rascals and oh yeah, and you know stuff like that. So you know, we yeah. we actually watched not what's what's the other one? Not the Munsters. We watched some of the Adams Family, also available in Netflix, and uh, that's kind of a delightful show. You got oh, yeah. that, that grandpa character, that guy. Oh, they're all like they they're all like unique, right? The dude. Uh, that Austin, Austin got dude, and he like I love like every time what's her face speaks French, the guy goes nuts, right? Like that's classic stuff, man. Oh yeah, yeah, that is good stuff. So it's it's been a while since we've had an IT management and cloud podcast. I think I think uh, did you go look up the date? Because I sure didn't. I did, I did actually. So um, speaking of IT management podcast stuff, um, I look back and I think we actually um the first thing that we've kind of ever did together was at uh, one of the original um bar camps or something where I did that what is Bob want and then you did a write up about it. Oh right. Yeah, <clears throat> that was way back when we started doing it. Was, that was 2000 Well, that was even before we started podcasting. That was in 2007. Was that like Bar Camp ESM? It might have been, but I know we ran another one cuz our first podcast I look was actually in uh in like January 2008, so that that thing you did was like in 2007, and then there was a bar cami SM. I, it must have been the second one. I'm not really sure. I'm all confused though. But we ran that one. We ran two bar camp ESMs. Which for those of you who are interested in a history lesson, uh, bar camp ESM was really the first time anybody created an event about kind of uh, dare I say even DevOps. Right. Um, it was. It predated DevOps days. It predated even the Ops Camp that we wound up doing, and all those. So it was really the first time. Really, yeah, and, I, that, and that was the one in Austin, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did two in Austin, and then so we were talking about Bar Camp, the upcoming Bar Camp ESM on our podcast. Yeah, two thousand eight. But the, the the real interesting stuff was. Like the cloud was just kicking in, so everything. I went back and looked at like our first ten episodes, and everything was cloud, cloud this, cloud that. Right? Is it real? Is it this? Is it that? You know. So that was kind of fun. Yeah, I remember it was quite confusing back then. It's weird stuff. Like it's not not confusing now. Well, it, 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 there's there's uh, uh, there are multiple explanations of things going on, but but if you're like way back then in the 2007 2008 time period, there was like you know crazy developers in their PHP doing stuff, right? Yeah. And yeah. and and then there was like, so you want me to interact with this stuff through a, an API? I don't understand what what you're talking no. about. And and I think I think virtualization on its own was just barely understood as a thing, like and how you interacted with it back then. So it was yeah, uh, but it was nutty. In 2008, though, like the cool thing was that you built a cloud or you used a cloud and you got WordPress running on it. Mm-hmm. And now in 2015, you build a cloud and you get WordPress running on it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, 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 it is. It is like like I, I, I have I have like, you know, uh, long, long ago uh, retired from programmer syndrome where, you know, I work I work at Pivotal now. And so we have this uh, part of what we have is uh you know a paz basically stuff for writing applications on on top of our big cloud platform and 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 I try to think of applications that I would write just as like demo applications and you know I can never think of anything too thrilling like it's 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 just it's just sort of a letdown like because I always end up coming to an application where it's like oh well I could just do that with like a really good web page on a database or just like right I could there. just use a google form for that hmm. back back to the drawing board or or even worse, like the types of applications I want to make nowadays are all like 
uh, to, to use another old term, batch job applications. Like I just want to write applications that go and munge around my text a little bit and then post them somewhere. Like nothing that's actually like an interactive application, which, you know, is just more a failure of, of my imagination. But it does, uh, it, it, it is interesting that, um, I was reflecting on this the other day, that, that we who are now solidly in at the infrastructure layer, like we all kind of cringe at these terms and, and you know, we think we're cooler than that. But we're basically like trying to sell the idea and, and educate people about like improving your infrastructure layer. And then and then it's sort of like when you get to the application layer, we kind of like disengage. Like we're not really like we're like you you crazy kids with your tight pants have fun up there, right? Like write your applications. But but it is uh uh you know Consequently, the demo applications we do are not very cool, <laughs> right? Like, like we need some better demo applications that that are like that are like simple enough to show off why all this cloudy infrastructure is nice, but are 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 better than just sort of like spitting out a line of text. Because I think, you know, there's there's kind of like a, this is an odd rat hole to go down, but there's kind of like two people that you're trying to convince to do cloud. I mean, two technical sets of people. True to the name, there's the developers and the operations people, right? And you need to have some sort of demo that appeals to the developers. Like you can, it's not only that you can write things quickly, but look how cool the application is, right? Like you get a nifty application. And then, and then you also need a way, you need an application that's sufficiently complicated that it shows off, hey, operations people, here's a complicated, here's a simple yet complicated enough demo application so that you can like really see that the, the cloud platform is doing things for you. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's easy to spin up three instances of something and then write a bug into one of the instances or whatever and kill it and be like, Oh, look, it auto balances. But, but in reality, yeah. like you need some, like some like kitchen, some disaster kitchen application. Well, it's, it's, yeah, really it's, well, it's a catch 22, right? There's been those, uh, canonical, um, banking apps or you know the right. motorcycle tra but here's the problem right you just made me think about this so that there, you know you either show you know you get three three opportunities here one you can take a wordpress multi-tiered infrastructure and at least prove the point of how cloud could work right which is you know horrible but okay too right because it does in the end shows that you can build scalable infrastructure that you know that that runs in a more complicated scenario or two you take a real live application and you demo it, but who owns it, right? Yeah. Typically, that's the complex infrastructure of some business, like a Gilt or something like that, right? Or three, the only one that I can think of off the top of my head is who've, who have created an infrastructure internally is the Netflix people, right? Like, so, yeah. like, you could, and, and to the point that it, if you're just doing a WordPress trivial thing, right, you get minimal output in terms of the impact of what it is. If you try to take someone's application that isn't going to continue to own it for the purposes of your demo, i.e. the motorcycle app or the bank app, it's a point in time, right? It, it's just, it's, it's only going to work for a point in time. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. No. That, that's that's true. I, I guess I, when when I was an analyst in strategy, I would visit customers. But now working at a vendor, I visit more and more customers. And and I I'm I'm thinking now that uh, uh, I need to start collecting the common requirements because they all basically have the same requirements. And that's sort of like a uh, arrogant vendor thing to say is like all of you snowflakes are the same, right? Like and 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 once you understand that from my presentation. 
you will submit to my PO, <laughs> right? But no, I mean, but, that's but, the, yeah, go ahead. But yeah. but but there are, there are like inevitably there's the uh, so so far like and 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 feel free to add and interject in as I go through this. I've I, I, I I've succumbed to the law of threes, John. I always do things in threes now. I don't you know do. why, but it's, you do it's, the things in threes. It's, yeah. it's, it's it's annoying. I hate that. But what are you gonna do? So there's at least three buckets of things. The first bucket is. Uh, those assholes in the other building are not going to allow us to do that, which is like, well, okay, we've got five years or however many years it is of DevOps days. Like, just drink drink a bunch of that and see how you feel in the morning, right? It's sort of like, I don't know what to tell you. Do you want me to use, as, as, as Mark Hinkle used most recently, I'll sum it up. Uh, what is it? Uh, what was his headline? It was something like... Uh, Sur- surviving is not a requirement. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like that's that's pretty much. And and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna like just summarize a bunch of DevOps stuff, much to my sort of like correctness detriment. But it's a play on Deming, actually. But yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, the culture discussion in DevOps has ended up with like, well, you know, you're welcome to fuck yourself. Otherwise, keep listening, right? Like, it's just like you got to change man i don't know i don't know how many right. more charts to put in front of you or stories right. to tell you or counterintuitive gatlin guns to put in front of your face or whatever like you got to change and change isn't easy what do you want right yeah. it's it's sort of like the uh it's it's like the laid back evangelical they're not even an evangelical they're just kind of like i don't know man like if you're interested here we are which well, it's uh, the blue pill right like it's the you, you know you got like you can you can delay it you can think about it you can are you're either going to take the red pill or the blue. That's right, and and so a lot of that discussion is that that amounts to basically just talking about process and talking about continuous delivery and like you should do things this way and feedback loops and on. So was that all three or was that? No, no, no. That's just the first. I'm bucket. just kidding. I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 so 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 that's that's what a lot of us in this this whatever this community is talk about because it's like the first barrier to entry, right? Like it's it's kind of like. Uh, you know, anyways, uh, and and the, but then the second bucket is sort of like um, let let's call it like weird functional requirements. Like, like I I, I was in a meeting recently, and like, oh no, we can't run Ubuntu, <laughs> right? And you're yeah. like, yeah, oh, well, I guess we'll just flush all of the cloud down the toilet for you then, <laughs> right? Like they're like, yep. That's that's not going to work. We can't. Uh, we're not going to run that. Like we have to run rel, or we have to run this, or and or or like uh, yeah, we've got to run um, the way that we assign IP addresses has to be done this way, and you have to do that thing. And and all of these things. I mean, this is this is the domain of enterprise software where it's like ah right, like we, we can yeah, go well. in and customize any component for you. But but I think it, it there are starting to be some like common things in that that area. I'll give you a great example of that one. Like so, back when we were in Stratus, we were working with this large government agency, and and they wanted to do all this stuff with you know multi-cloud management and all this stuff, and we got pretty far along, and then somebody walked in and says, "Oh, we don't run MySQL." Um, exactly. Can, can, can you run that in Oracle? Like, yeah, nah, that's not going to happen. Right, <laughs> you, right. You know, and it was just, and then we went, just kept going down the list. Then we ran RabbitMQ, and it's like, oh yeah, we don't know about this RabbitMQ. It's not. It's not a board. Tech, the technical board of this organization hasn't hasn't authorized that technology. Right. You're like, well, good luck with your um, cloud and DevOps and whatever comes next, strategy, pal. Yep. Yeah. And 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 then, and then I I would almost so this 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 next category starts to bleed into the the third bucket, which is sort of like capabilities that you want. And mm. and and well, let's talk about the third bucket. The third bucket we should divide into internal capabilities and external capabilities. And external capabilities are, of course, 
what your end user or customer sees, right? Like, like that's a whole realm of stuff. That's almost like we were talking about the application layer that's sort of above, like, I need to be able to have a mobile app. The mobile app needs to have this response time. I need to be able to connect to a database and, like, present this information that someone fills out. It's just like, that's your application, essentially. But it's the internal requirements that there's more, uh, for everyone, annoyance and commonality. This is where you get into, like, things like audit and compliance and like uh, I, I want to be able to run in like three different data centers and have high availability like that that's the domain that that we in that whatever space the infrastructure software space fiddle around in a lot and and it also starts to become it's also the area that I think is probably the hardest to demo like back to the 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 disaster kitchen app right and like it almost it, it almost seems like there's probably a good three to five like you don't need you only need to to demo maybe five or 10% ability to satisfy these internal capabilities because you just need to establish trust that like, yeah, yeah, we, we understand you and we can do that stuff. And so like one of them, it would just be straight up like audit of like, uh, we have logs available that show you who did what, when like that, that exists. And, and here is, here are several, you can look at the raw logs for that, or you can have that hook up to some tool well, that's like a big boring tool that does it. You just summarized the, the, the real answer, but, and I'm not joking now, although normally I am joking. What, what was number one again? Um, number one was cultural change, right? Okay, like yeah, like, so, like, yeah. like just, just like they don't want to do it. <laughs> yep. So here's the point. You, what you just crystallized is that the reason why demos – I said, well, the demos don't work because you either use a, you know, a little can thing that really just shows what could be done or – you're a whole organization that basically open sources everything you do and you make that available. And by the way, if you're demoing it, it's an ongoing, you know that in a year from now it's going to work, right? Or it's internal. But the bigger point actually is what you just identified is you think about what's common about all those three parts. It's the human factor, right? Yeah. And so, so that the truth of the matter is in every successful, uh, duh, like somebody who speaks about culture for DevOps for the last five years, me, um, you know, the the answer is it's, you know, somewhere between 80, 90, 95% human and either 20, 15 or, you know, 5% technology, right? right so right, right. so the truth of the matter is to get the real meaty demos, right? Like you're not going to get that demo because most of what's going on in, in a very successful, like an Etsy or a Gilt or, you know, Netflix, right? You, you start understanding there's so many... Um, you know the the, the 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 composite structure of that system, or what you'd like to call a demo, is made up of so many human pieces that you just can't. And and, and so that even like if you go back and look at your patterns, what you'd really find out is probably ninety percent of everything that is meaningful. Right. Your ten percent are going to be like, yeah, well, everybody uses Jenkins. Got that one. Uh, let me see. Um, you know, but right, right, right. Yeah, no, so. and, and 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 exactly, and 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 this this dream disaster kitchen app demo, mm -hmm. right? Is is it's more of again? It only shows like five percent of the potential, but it more more of what I would want to illustrate is like we we got you covered, right? Like we have we have all these things set up, and and there there's there's a set of I wouldn't call them wicked problems, but enterprise problems that that um, that that companies have, and and it's 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 a lot of it. I think is around the area of uh, we have to integrate, we have to work with something else other than your technology. I don't know. Maybe this is an incorrect like rat hole to go well, down, but but it's it's sort of like 
when, when we run this, there are certain ways that we want to run things, and we want to make sure that your, your stack is capable of integrating with those things and that, that we, can, we can write whatever code is needed. I don't know. That's not a very good uh, no, but I, I think you're, thought train there. There's a big meta story here or discussion, which is, you know, I think we, myself included, always think about how do you do DevOps the enterprise? And, you know, our first thought is we got to change those knuckleheads. They're right. doing it wrong. They're doing this. And the truth of the matter is every successful DevOps implementation I've seen from, from a 10-person company to a target or, you know, or somebody who is actually kind of, you know, breaking glass on this topic um, they, they, you know, yes, they do change things, but it's more of an a, a, adapting, right? And and I know that sounds obvious, but I think the the, the successful ones probably do uh, a, cha- a mindset change and start thinking, how do I break this? How do I get them to stop doing it? They're wrong. Sure, sure. It's not. It's like they are, they are, they are. And how do I make like us as a complex system adapt? And and I you know I, I think while as you were going through that I think I sort of had a minor epiphany, if there's such a thing, um, to think you know I, I'm always thinking of, you know to get DevOps to happen in the enterprise you know whether it's cloud DevOps a combination of what, um, I'm always thinking you know about I'm if subconsciously even if I try not to thinking about the people who are doing it wrong versus the people who are doing it right and the truth is, there really is no wrong. If I'm making sense, right? Oh yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, sure, yeah. yeah and, and and then and then like so an, another example of, of something you would do in this disaster kitchen app is I'm sure there's some affordable uh, pen testing thing out there, right? So basically for checking security, and like it would be nice in the demo to like throw up your demo application and then run the suite of pen testing stuff on it, right? Because everyone always wants to know about security because. You know, you need security. It's it's. I always think it's the the equivalent of like I, I need to make sure the foundation of my house works right. Like I, I that's not sort of like a thing you should be proud of having yeah. <laughs> as a home builder. Like it's it's something that is required. And and so that would be another nice thing, to, like to figure out how to demo. Like all right, the, this 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 pin testing takes like ten minutes to run. And while we're talking. I've shown you this application, we've customized it, and now I'm going to run the pin testing on it, and you'll at least see that like that stuff works, right? Like, and and you know, it's it's more of, again, it's like finding an app that you could demonstrate features when, like, like in another one, like so we have this uh, pivotal roadshow where we actually, uh, the first time I saw it, I was like, I I'm going to get some popcorn because I got to see how you demo this. Like someone demoed doing continuous um, continuous de- um, deployment, and I was thinking like, how do you demo that? Right, like conceptually, like it makes sense, but like demoing it in in like a five minute interval is kind of nutty because, like, what are you gonna? It's not so much that you can't demo it, but like, how is that going to be well, impactful? It, <laughs> it goes back to the WordPress again. I think. Yeah, yeah. That, but the point is, the truth is, you can't demo live. Right, but but like systems. Right, I mean, right, but 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 then but then the the minor epiphany that I had and what set me on this jag here of 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 how they demoed it is, they didn't demo the uh the high level benefits of continuous deployment which is what i was focusing on they demoed that they we can integrate with cloud bees and you can make a change and it'll pick it up and deploy it into you know pivotal web services which yes. which is great right like and and that it's it's more like it's more like finding a set of things like that that you can demo because again going back to the three buckets so the first bucket is like people cultural change whatever right the second bucket is like 
just weird ass requirements. Not not, not that they're weird. People. Yeah, it's just people too. I mean, it's the yeah. same. I, there's one yes, bucket. Yes, there, yes, think, really. it, it's yes, sure. You, I mean, it all go back. It, it all it all to 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 push down on a stack. It's sort of like when you call up some consumer company you have to deal with, and and they say, oh well, it's against our policy to do that. And then, and then I never say this because, like, I want to get off the phone as quick as policy. But the next move, if you want to be a negotiator, is to say, well, who sets the policy? Can yeah. I talk to them? Right? Yeah. Like, policy is just a human thing. It's not like you can't do it. It's that you've decided not to do it. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and then the third bucket are sort of like, again, sort of capabilities that you need. Like, I need to be able to do a mobile app or I need to, like, be PCI compliant. It's just like those are a little bit more unescapable. You can always decide not to do that. But anyways. Yeah, no. The, 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 the point being that it would, be, it would be fun to find a set of things like that easy Jenkins integration that sort of demonstrates some, uh, some, some uh, common, common needs. And, and I, I, th I think the old Pet Store app used to do this, but I so far haven't come across a cloud-native application that sort of demonstrates all of those things in, in, yeah. a, in a comprehensive way. I think the point you're making is if you know um, if you can create a demo that shows potential capabilities, then you've done you know then you've done as as good as you're done. Again, the the problem again is everybody is a special snowflake, and 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 going back to you know my premise that ninety percent of it has nothing to do with the technology, you know. So showing that you can get Cloud Bees or Travis CI or any of those guys to to, to integrate with some cloud, right? Yeah, you know, BFD, right? Yeah, yeah, Honestly, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's as important as when I was at OpsCode and I did WordPress demos, multi-tier WordPress demos. I mean, sure. the only thing that showed was that I could converge a service between, you know, um, multiple tiers of the structure um, and so that I could set the idea that Yes, you know. Oh wow, I could probably do that with my app in in a similar way, right? Yeah, and and and, and, and then to your point, like thinking, you know, as an analyst, you sh you're shown demos all the time. So, like reflecting on on the uh, let's round up a little bit and say like eight eight or nine years of demos I've seen from vendors, right? Like one of the that that's that's a good point you raise. One of the things that is always lacking in a in a demo that I see is. People demonstrating something always want to, they 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 want to recreate that that DHH demo of Rails like remember that that was like a, a good turning point in demos where it was like in less than five minutes I have an application running and that right. and 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 that video was competing against J2EE basically right. and right. so yeah, yeah. It, the, he didn't even need to call that point out but I think nowadays and especially a lot of demos I see they don't call out this point of like what I'm demonstrating to you. This is a, a conversation you and I always have. Is I'm demonstrating to you a different way of doing things, and the the context that I'm assuming you have in your head, people watching this demo, is how bad it is to file a ticket, right? Like, like this is in contrast. Yeah. Like, yeah. like a lot of times when demos are done, they don't really paint the enemy as effectively before the demo, right? So first, I'm going to walk you through a two week long demo of provisioning a database, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, well, like, like here I here I am waiting and wait, like I've got to do all these things. Second, I'm going to walk you through a demo in 10 minutes where I just, you, you, you have no idea what I, like all these demos are like I'm typing some funny stuff on the command line and like deploying some application and I'm talking about pushing and this stuff and all that. Like it, these demos are oh. all kind of the same. And, but, but what's often missed is like, you might have missed it, but I just consolidated like a two-week effort into like a five-minute thing. 
right? Like the whole point is how all this stuff was done for you. This is exactly what I did at, at uh, Chef, right? Now on you know Ops Code, but they don't. I'm not allowed to call it Ops Code anymore. But um, but Chef, right? I mean, I, I'd go. I'd be at a booth. Somebody'd come up, and I would demo some, something. And that demo, especially if they were a Puppet user, that demo was everything you could not do with Puppet at that time. I mean, it was, <laughs> right, right. I never had to use the word Puppet. I never had to say a thing about it. It's just the demo itself, was, you'd watch people go, oh, shit, yeah, <laughs> that, you know, that, the way he just did in Chef is a pain in the ass of, you know, the whole order matters and all that. I mean, I used, I used to know. So, I mean, that just comes down to, people who know how to do good demos right like to your point right. of knowing that you're gonna you know there's a point to your demo right and the point to your demo isn't that i'm gonna sit i'm gonna um you know do you know world peace or solve world hunger right like oh my god look at my demo i'm gonna show you something and you're gonna look at it and go yeah um that my my business is completely freaking different, dude. Exactly. I got all sorts of. I can't use Ubuntu <laughs> to steal a phrase from you, right? Um, but the, the the effective demos or people who are good at building demos know that there's an out, there's a point to the demo, <laughs> and and you know, and whether it's you're trying to show that your competition is weak, and particularly if you're selling the demo to people who are thinking about the competition, right. or you're you're selling your demo against. Um, some older, like in the case of the uh, the, uh, the Ruby app versus Java, right? Those things, there was a couple of those back then. And you just like, oh my god, that's insane, right? Right, like, and 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 then, and then that's the, you know the the other thing that to move on to that the the other buckets of demoing, right? Like those are the things I would want to have in my back pocket of like, oh look, here's how here's how you can. Uh, you can like integrate with an audit thing or whatever, right? Like here here or here is here's a way you can integrate with an identity system, or here is uh like 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 what you know one of the questions that always comes up is like um i don't even know what the there there there's some word for this in microservices land that's basically uh we're always so snarky about stuff but it's an anti-corruption no anti-conway yeah no 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 that's yeah anti-conway no no it's it's basically like so you're making all these microservices, and then there are some core systems. Like there's some other services you have to integrate with that are not going to be microservices, and so you need to somehow like write this corruption uh, layer around them that that kind uh, of like a, you put, to use an old word, you wrap a facade around it, right? Mm. And and so that that would be another interesting pattern is to be like so you know being topical, Informatica is going private, right? I think they were uh, purchased for some odd billion dollars fun company. I remember I used to look at the business intelligence space and like, um, you know, for, for people who flit around in our area, people like Tibco and Informatica are like these weird, you know, gigantic mega businesses out there that we rarely encounter, but it's like, looks like they're making a lot of money. Yeah. They're the Monsanto, <laughs> the Monsanto of, uh, of it. Right. right. And, and, and so inevitably you'll, you'll go and talk with some people and they'll probably be using some Tibco or Informatica or like an MQ, like, there's some systems out there, and you need to integrate with them, right? And so it would be another interesting just, like, minor demo point to be like, oh, sure, we have, like, a little listener or, or however the, the jibby-jobby works that you interject into that system, and now you can integrate with it, right? And now, and this is the way that you plug your system into there, right? So, like, you know, in your domain, it would be like, so if I'm, uh, if I'm writing, if I'm dockerizing, which I think is the, uh, the on, I think I heard that word several times this week. The like dockerization of human mankind. Yeah, like, like, so, uh, yeah, yeah, so it's like, I got to work with Tibco. 
how do I do that? <laughs> right? Like, like, they, like, or, or if, or, yeah, you, or if, simply, you take that, bi- you take that big old monster and you throw it in a container and fire it up. That's right. Just that easy. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and similarly in, in, in the, uh, in the pivotal land, super easy. No problem. Yeah, so There's, good. you're just a YAML file away. Right. Like, right. But, but, right. but, but in reality, it's like, you know, in, you know, working with these other systems, like, again, it's not that you need to demonstrate, uh, breadth and comprehensibility. It's that you you should you want to walk them through like, all right, here's how you would plan, architect, develop, test, and then deploy an integration with this, right? So, so I I, I don't know. What so you here say. you go. Yeah. Here you go. So if the, what was the movie where the guy came up with the five second abs versus the six second abs? <laughs> I've got the two buckets versus the three buckets. I do things in two, so I'm I'm way better than you. Perfect. All right, so two. Because I don't have a lot of time to develop great abs. Let's, yeah, that's established. Go. So I'm going to beat you by one because I'm going to do the two bucket. Everything can get boiled down to two buckets, especially particularly when we're talking about demos. And it is basically one, bucket one, know your audience. Bucket two, know your enemy. That simple, right? Sure. You know your enemy. Let's say, like we're talking about, if you're building a demo, what's the enemy of your demo? What is the, who are you trying to defeat in that demo? You know, what's the concept that you're, you know, if it's, if it's Java, then you're building a five minute um, Ruby app, right? If it's, uh, if it's uh, Puppet, it's you're showing how their topological graph back in the day at scale caused sort of havoc. Sorry, Luke, I doubt you're going to listen anyway, but, um, you know, and, and that the, uh, a very procedural approach to configuration management was just a much saner way to do configuration management scale. So, you know, again, know the enemy that you're trying to produce your – and I think too many people create demos and they don't, they don't set out to solve those two questions. Like, you know, who is the audience that I'm presenting to and what is the enemy – that yep. I'm trying to defeat that's, that's, for that that's, audience. That's, uh, that's basic secrets, presentation secrets of Steve Jobs stuff right there. Like, always start out with, with enemy. Our phone sucked, or, you know, whatever. Like, that's, uh, that's good stuff. But, so what but, else? But, but to your point, often overlooked. Yes. Oh, well, yeah, or, or you know, the, the, the people who are setting out to... Well, again, I think that um, people try to, to do the... Like they get caught up in their own solution. My solution is so amazing, so that if I just show them how I can cure cancer with it, they're just going to fall in love with it. And well, and cure cancer bad example because there is an enemy there. But um, but but the point is, I think too many people just fall in love to uh, what is uh, um, Andrew has a great saying like they uh, they. Um, you're 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 either holding the handle of the Gatlin gun, or your mouth is wrapped around the other end of it. No, or or you're you're doing something with your own stash or something. He's you like, know that that reminds me of a story my grandpa used to tell, uh, uh, John, which was uh, you know he he while he was a career Air Force uh, person, you know he 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 uh, was flying over Germany like as a navigator. At, at, there was a point before that where he was in the infantry uh, from like 1938 to like 1940 or so, and he was he was like a sergeant or something, and he was in charge of like a Thompson not Thompson machine gun like a machine gun squad, and that's back when they had water cooled machine guns, you know, the, the big barrel around the barrel, wow. and and uh, he would often tell me, uh, you know, he had lots of lessons like this. You, I I think I've gone over one of them, which is don't smoke corn silk. That's a good farm boy lesson to pass on to your 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 grandchildren. 
something, you know, don't repeat the mistakes I've done. Another one was like, after you've shot a water-cooled machine gun, do not touch the barrel. Hmm. <laughs> well, the, the first one on the corn silk, I'm not quite sure. Why. I mean, I, pro- I the chances of me or my kids ever... Well, you know, he he uh, he he grew, he grew up in the the twenties and the thirties, and uh, in, in a, on an Oklahoma farm. So it's sort of like, what are you gonna do, right? Like you just sort of like, there's only so many Tarzan books you can read, and then you're sort of just like hanging out, trying things out, you know. The touching the barrel, I would have figured that one out on my own. Well, it, I, I think I think the situation. Th- let me re- recode the advice. The advice is. Uh, don't lean on it. Don't fall asleep. Yeah, or or or, it, or it's like no matter how panicked and excited your mind gets, remember to not touch the barrel. Because I think the situation is, you know, you're running through drills and training, and it's sort of like, you know, run, 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 set up the gun, shoot the gun. Someone yells at you, you need to run, 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 right? But you need to be disciplined enough that when you're transitioning from after shooting the gun to running, don't touch the barrel, right? Like it's easy to forget the stuff and the commotion of things. So Speaking of anyhow, machine guns... <laughs> Speaking of machine guns, I'm glad you brought this. I'm actually speaking today at a joint uh, container conference. Oh, nice! And, and and Andrew is certainly going to, when he hears about this, he's going to say he stole that from my presentation. But one of the uh, things in my presentation is something called a Maxim gun, which was the first original machine gun. Ah. Um, and, um, and I just, I can't remember what it, why it was different from a, a Gatling gun, but it was, it was considered the first kind of real machine gun. And the reason I'm talking about this is not because of Andrew's excellent, love you, Andrew presentation where he includes the Gatling gun as, as, you know, the change that, you know, people who use Gatling guns totally beat the hell out of people who don't have them. Um, but because I'm making my presentation on a Pulitzer Prize winning book called Guns, Germs, and Steel sure, by Jared Diamond. And he talks about um, how, how the world has been segregated into haves and have-nots. And one of the stories in the book is in the 16th century in South Africa, four men with the first machine gun in the world defeated an army of 5,000 people. All right. So there you go. So I'm making this analogy that actually containers, microservices, and data gravity are the new guns, germs, and steel. Yeah. Or there you go. There, you know, there's probably good nautical analogies too, right? Like it, it's, uh, I, I, think, I think it's always instructive to go back in history and look at different technology advantages where, where people establish competitive advantage with, with technology, right? Like, uh, you know, we have a compass, our guys find their way home right right or 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 or, or then there's other weird stuff like we invented the insurance industry right which which enabled this type of commerce or uh we we perfected uh we perfected non-species transfer of money and and like like all sorts of things that sort of like lay lay the platform for for new things to happen and it's it's uh, it's they're equally difficult to demonstrate. Like, how would you demonstrate alone, right? Like, that's a strange thing to uh, to to demo. But it has all these great implications for like now that you can actually get money, all those appli- all the metaphorically all those application developers, so to speak, can get a loan and go out there and do stuff, whereas previously they couldn't. Well, you know, there's uh, you just made me think of something else. There's a a great documentary on Netflix. 
uh, and it's just a regular documentary, but it's um, it's about VCs. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. It basically talks about the kind of the birth of VCs um, in in Silicon Valley, basically, um, in the original venture capitalists. And you know, we've for anybody who has listened to our older podcasts who remembers, I was pretty. Um, scathing in my opinion of venture capitalists and for the most part still am but um but when you watch this documentary you know you, you is the Kleiner guy there's the uh the dude the the guys who um who invested originally in apple is you know basically some of the, the 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 absolute icons of the guys who basically started venture capitalism the way we know it today right Started with investments in Genetech and um, in in Tandem and in in a couple of you know um, early Apple investments and fifty other one. Oh, Intel, right? So a lot of these guys, these the guys that we know, Kleiner Perkins and and I forget the the the, the other big brand name one um, that um, they're all the big brand name that we know now. Oh, these are guys that took risks. So long story short, you watch that that video and and then you kind of go through the timeline t- of today and um and what you realize is yeah these guys are, for the most part don't consume oxygen unless they can make money right um on on the on the the, ex- the transaction of the oxygen right you know their body and th- for that part i kind of dislike them but the part i do like about them is um it because of these founding fathers of that and what we have today is that the world is changing? I mean, the, the investment in Genetech saved, you know, I, I don't know the actual number, and I'm sure it's more than millions, right? Uh, Genetech was the first ones to really um, kind of uh, be able to make artificial insulin, I guess, and, and, and then, you know, they had a drug. I actually invested in Genetech in, in 1982. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, where they they were just coming out with uh, the 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 drug that they use when you have a stroke. If you have a stroke, and you get this medicine within fifteen or twenty minutes, your expectancy for life is like eighty percent. And if you don't get this drug, you know you're you're cooked. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, so yeah, yeah, yeah. so, and you think about, and even today, and this kind of bleeds into something we were going to talk about anyway. Is it, you know, so I even though I, I, I as 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 kind of individuals that I've dealt with, I don't really like these people. <laughs> um, um, but, but again, if you think about, you know, what they invest in and, and the outcomes of these things, they, they, for better or worse, they, they create new technology. And in some ways, you know, I think about the investments that were made that made investments that allowed people to be cut to the point where you get to Uber. I'm in New York this week, right? I mean, it is riding in a yellow cab in New York is despicable. I mean, I yeah. mean, at three times now, and Mark Hinkle will be laughing right now because I'm always getting a fight with cab drivers. But like, I each time I got a car, I'd say exactly where I want to go. They'd start going the wrong way, and then I'd say, you know, where are you going? And then they'd say, well, you said you know 40th and 41st. I'm like, no, I said 49th and 50th. I said it very clear, you know. And, and it's like, and Uber is going to put those guys, you know, I didn't got a business, right? Yeah. And yeah. why? And Uber is making our lives, you know, to, you know. It's not curing cancer, but it's making our life better. So long story short, I do think watching that video had given me a better appreciation for venture capitalists 
uh, because they do make the impossible possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, I, 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 fairies I, start flying around, and you know. But yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I mean, well, first of all, so coincidentally, uh, while we were gone, John, there's this guy Ben Thompson who writes this good uh, blog and has a podcast, The Exponent FM and Stratechery, and he uh, he wrote he wrote a good essay that's not just for members. But uh, today about like, it's called It's Not 1999, and he'll I bet he'll talk about it in the podcast. He tends to do that. But it basically just goes over how the nature of VC funding in the tech industry has changed because of uh, basically driven by like the annoyance of IPOing and also the, uh, the creation of like basically unregulated, uh, what do they call it, secondary markets. So like you can get all, as a tech company, you can get all most of the primary benefits of IPOing without IPOing nowadays, which causes... Yeah. It causes all sorts of, I wouldn't say unintended consequences, but like secondary effects that are interesting, right? And 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 it's an interesting way of looking at, that's why we have all these crazy valuations nowadays and things that kind of don't make sense and blah, blah, blah. So anyways, I'll put a link in the show notes to that essay, yeah. but, but also to your point, right? Like, so, you know, I, uh, I, I often joke about uh, MBAs because that's sort of like who I worked with for two years when I was at Dell. And usually that, you know, I'm pandering to the audience, John, John's number two bucket know your audience and uh you know it's it's easy to make fun of mbas and and the, that type finance people and 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 they can be annoying in that they don't uh they don't care about the same things we nerds do but they're fascinating one because it's a completely different system that you can learn like 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 the whole point of uh i'll give one example the whole point of like they don't breathe oxygen if they can't get a a, a cut of that <laughs> right? Yeah, right, right, is, right is is like so that's a completely different way of thinking which is to say in 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 every in the domain of businesses i'm sure in their personal lives things are different just like with us us nerds right that's but but in in the domain of your day-to-day -day job your business if you're a finance person you're always trying to optimize profit, right? Now, that may be by cutting costs or that may be by making investments that create growth, the old uh, bottom versus top line thing. But your goal is to make money, right? And, and, and it's easy to dismiss that as like some whatever because, that, because it can get out of hand. But at the end of the day, like, I like money, right? So I'm fascinated. Like, so how do you, how do you think about if your goal is to always make money, like what kind of goes through your head? And I'll give you a small example of that where like when I was in the, uh, uh, an industry analyst, like we were always trying to sell to VCs, but VCs are notoriously terrible for industry analysts to sell to okay. because to them, it's basically like you're asking them for a cut, like any money that they have to pay themselves is money that they're not taking home. So it's sort of like, so why would I pay industry analysts? That's just money that I don't have. Like, it doesn't actually help them grow. It doesn't. Well, it's, it's and, like, and, and, let, me, let me squeeze this one in real quick. Yeah, and, yeah. And so I, I watched a horrendous movie last night. Uh, I took my son. He's in New York with me. And we went to a movie uh, that Will Farrell knew. And I like Will Farrell, but, like, this, that movie is horrible. But there's a great scene in it, which goes right to your point, where the guy who's um, – there's, there's a guy who runs a car wash, and Bill Will Farrell's like this guy who can make $28 million a day was from an investment firm, and he's the golden child before he gets into serious oh, is, is this the movie where he becomes a homie or whatever? You get hard. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. It's just this, like, horrible, horrible movie. But the one scene that, that relates to what you're saying is here's a guy, basically, he's like, it's like, the, it's, a, it's almost like a trading, redo trading places, but, but, um, but he, uh, you know, he makes $28 million a day. And then the guy, uh, the, the Kevin, whatever's actor 
owns a car wash in, in, in the parking garage of the building, and he needs to raise $30,000. So he goes to Will Farrell as Will Farrell's getting his car from him. And he, he proposes that if he pays $30,000, he can have lifetime free car washes and you know, the gold, uh, advanced platinum, whatever uh, thing. And, and Will Farrell turns to him and says, you know, if I took that $30,000 right now and went ahead and, you know, did, and he uses a bunch of arbitrage discussion words for about, about 30 seconds, says, yeah. It would be worth by the you know by the time I get the free, it'd be worth like you know thirty million dollars, <laughs> right, right, right. So anyway, so no, no, but but that that's that's exactly the point is is like uh, if 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 the, the if you engage with finance people, all they do is is try to make money <laughs> and, and, and so, optimize, right? Optimize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 so so it should be little surprise mm, yeah. that that they could care less about your car wash. Right, like, like all they want to know is that you can make money, and and then, and then going to John's first bucket, I, I think I think it's interesting. A lot of the I'm always suspicious of this conversation coming from the VC world because I think it's almost like this distraction smokescreen to screw with competitors. But the the really good VCs spend a lot of time talking about picking the right team and about culture and all of this stuff, right? The and 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 that stuff is is it's it's seemingly like. Uh, like not numbers it's almost like when they're saying that they're boasting that they can rise above this finance perspective of being focused on numbers and making revenue and stuff and so even in that world there's almost this like uh this distinction between like people who have have uh spears and people who have machine guns or people who have you know like single action rifles and people who have machine guns and and it's i don't really know where that path goes but it's interesting to sort out like the VCs who are always talking about uh, culture, right? Like, like the VCs who talk about culture rarely ever say, "Like, dude, check out these new terms I figured out how to put into the fine print. This is awesome, right?" Mm-hmm. Like, check out the way that I've structured this investment so that basically is risk free for me. Like, VCs don't talk about that stuff. It's like, you know, Google doesn't really talk about how they run their cloud, nor does Amazon, <laughs> but they talk about all this other stuff, and and so that that's why it makes me suspicious that it's kind of smokescreeny because. While that culture stuff is important, like it's important to pick a good person and things like that, it's equally important to kind of keep abreast of all the financial instruments and all the gorpy stuff that uh, you use as an investor as well to basically maximize your take on things. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's a little odd. But anyways, I mean, finance people are fascinating. They just like view the world in a completely different yeah, way. No, and, 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 I and think it's and, fun. And the same thing with VCs too. Right? And then, but I think the difference between the finance people and the VCs is um, – you know the VCs. You know, to your, to the point you made is they kind of make it look like they're in your your court, and and not all of them. It's just a lot of them, right? Like there, a lot of them. You know, where have this duality of that, and and I, don't, I almost wish they'd be more honest, like the finance people. Like the finance people come in, like we're cutting department eight hundred four. You know, they don't come in like yeah. hey. 804 guys, can you guys come into this room and have some cookies and, and milk and, and, you know, and let's talk about how cool the world is. And, and, you know, and by the time you're done with the cookies and milk, there's like guards escorting them all out. Right. But the, uh, <laughs> that's what the VCs do. Right. Like, uh, but the finance guys are like, you know, 804 is gone. They're like, and they're like, well, should you talk to 804? I don't give a shit who 804 is. They're gone tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's probably my biggest problem. I could much better deal with the finance guys, right? Like, cause you know where they're coming from, you know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's 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 true. 
Well, I, I think I think this is a good amount for our first yeah. re podcast here. I, I, I was thinking about the uh the, the verbiage I'd use for wrapping up and I've thought of something here, John. So oh. Our, oh, oh boy! Here our, we go. Our old podcast was the IT Management and Cloud Podcast, which not only is a long name, but is pretty awesome. It's 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 almost quaint. It would be it'd be like it'd be sort of like uh, you know, there's that shop Restoration Hardware that has nothing to do with hardware. <laughs> yeah. That, like like so, I was thinking I have an old domain name from a long time ago that uh, I I let Matt Ray borrow for a while and uh, and 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 we use for a while. I propose. That we we rechristen this new podcast that that we'll try to we'll get back to, the Lords of Computing podcast. All right. What do you um, think? I, I, I think I think uh, I think that that's nice. And and then and then as as time goes on, when things evolve, because really IT management like and, not 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 cool. We should just, so. We'll, no, it's not one bad. But I mean, as long as everybody knows, we're not the Lords. We're trying to uncover. And, and journalistically understand. Well, to 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 your point of uh, of uh, of ridiculous movies, right? The, the the way this name came about is like this was in maybe the late '90s, and people still do this. But back 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 in uh, back in those time, it was particularly pop- popular to have like gothic lettering on the back window of your car, right? And it would be sort of like you know the uh, the lords of the barrio or or lords of whatever yep. whatever your thing was and so we being young programmers thought like well we should be the lords of computing and uh, you know because <coughs> how, how nerdy would that be but there you go so we'll uh, jo- John will I and, and we'll get on a, a, a nice schedule here I'm sure we'll have to yes. John travels a lot but uh, we've we've got lots of things to talk about and and it would be nice uh, we got to figure out this demo thing I should write something down maybe do some programming I think I think I think next time you know. To that end, we've got a lot of. T- I, I, we didn't really even get to the topics that uh, I had charted out here, but <laughs> really, we have. Uh, I, I, I think. I think what would be nice to talk about for the, for the podcast here is sort of uh, when you and I eventually, you know, catch up on things. We often talk about just sort of like the uh, the the lifestyle, if you will, of of being in this industry and and getting older and doing things like that. So there's a lot of aside from the technology itself, there's just a lot of like. Uh, life things that are fun to go over you Look. don't have to be a wear a hoodie to do a startup that's right that's exactly the, the 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 land of no hoodies you don't have to wear a, a blazer either but like you know right. you, you can just kind of get in there so anyways uh if I'll, I'll set it up so when you go to lordsofcomputing.com you uh you you get forwarded to like a podcast page here and awesome and and, uh, and, and if you go to cote.io slash loc1 you can see the show notes for this page, and uh, we'll gin up some some uh, some ads, things like I, that. I think what we should know. also do is something that totally was one of the funnest things we did. We, you know, and, and we usually waited to the end of the year, but we could do it. We could do a new re- rebirth as wacky predictions. Yeah, that's Remember right. That? We we'll get can they get old Dave, Dave guy, and Matt and me, the four of us. That would be fun. He's uh, he, so had, he you know he used to be a drummer in a punk band, so he had a lot to say about that Oscar-winning movie. Which I thought was interesting, in in uh, in Twitter. You know, I, I oh, saw really? that I saw that movie on a plane. Uh, yeah, that movie's great. My son plays drums. Two years less than that. We, oh, yeah. we, actually, we actually jam together now. He's starting to get good enough that we can actually oh, nice. play and some he, songs. And, yeah. and he and he travels with you. That's no, exciting. no, that's my oldest son. Okay. In, 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 anyways, like I remember seeing that movie on a flight, and I was like, "What the hell is this movie? Like, what was the pitch for this movie, and why does it exist? Like, this is what? <laughs> like." Hopefully, it started off being about a flute player, and they they transformed it into a drum player. That, that would be funnier. <laughs> That's funny. All right, we gotta go. Anyways, we'll see everyone next time. All right.